0: Welcome to the Spurs Cast, episode 580. My name is Paul Garcia and I'm your host here on the Spurs Cast. Today, I'll be joined by fellow Project Spurs writer, Benjamin Bornstein. In this episode, Ben and I will discuss the Spurs' scrimmage schedule and some takeaways from comments made by the players as they prepare to resume play in Orlando. Let's get started. Ben, how are you doing? I am great, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. I mean, I'm holding up. You know, obviously, uh, here in Texas where I'm at... Uh, numbers not doing good with covid uh you know they're just increasing uh daily uh how how are things uh, with that situation where you live not great not great um where are you at right now so i'm in
1: atlanta right now but i've been spending most of my time in orlando and it's been real bad there so if anybody's curious about how the bubble will go you know (laughs) I'd say not great.
0: Yeah, it doesn't look good. So uh yeah, it's just, you know, that it is what it is. So so we're not getting too much into the into the COVID stuff here. Uh, we'll get a little bit in some of our in our comments. So what we're going to do uh, Spurs cast listeners again, like we're going to drop into this uh news that was released since I last recorded um which is the scrimmage schedule um, release. And then also the Spurs players have been holding virtual press conferences with the media this these past 2 weeks. So I've I've been participating in all of those interviews with the players. So I'm going to kind of just me and Ben, are, I'm gonna, I'm going to I'm going to Discuss some of the quotes from from the players, and then Ben and I kind of just um, you know hit off a, a bunch of tif- different topics. We'll kind of go through. All right, so Ben, let's start off first with the scrimmage schedule that was announced. Um, Spurs will participate in three scrimmage games from July 23rd through July 28th. Uh, they're going to play the Milwaukee Bucks on July 23rd, uh, the Brooklyn Nets on July 25th, and the Indiana Pacers on July 28th. So again, it gives them three days, I mean three games, to practice and get their feel for the game before the real games start for them on July 31st. Uh, today that you and I recorded this is on a Thursday. The Spurs are actually flying out to Orlando today. So today's their, their, their flight date where they take off. Uh, once they get there, they're going to be tested for, for COVID-19 again. And then they're going to be quarantined for about 36 to 48 hours, it looks like. And then they're expected to have their first practice on Saturday as a whole team. So that's interesting because, you know, even though all the players have been reporting back to their teams lately and, and their local facilities, they've only been able to participate in one-on-one, act- I mean, on individual activities, uh, maybe with the, with the coaching staff um because you know again they haven't been able to do go five on five three on three nothing like that it's all been one uh, individual work so this will be the first time for a lot of them in months that they're actually going to get to participate with actual or, you know with actual people five players on the court um and then uh several players in their interviews uh with the media this past week they, they said that it's gonna they think that it'll take about a week or so to get their conditioning right to get their um uh, to just kind of get that feel for the game of playing against real people uh, back back into them. Um, so just kind of give me your thoughts on, on uh, what's going on with the Spurs right now with with the with, uh, this three-game um, scrimmage schedule that's that's been announced.
1: Uh, seems like a decent enough scrimmage schedule. They're, they they should get a good feel. Like you said, they should be able to get a good feel for kind of where everyone is at in their, you know, it's you can kind of see it as a rehab assignment, you know, if we're using kind of baseball terms it's it's an opportunity to see all right how how rusty are guys who is really keeping up with you know working out who is trying to stay in shape who is you know who is relaxing as it were so I think that'll give the Spurs staff something to think about something to consider as these eight next eight games take place and I think it's going to I don't know how much it will affect who plays what minutes but You know, if there are guys out there in the scrimmages who look really lethargic or they, you know, they've lost a step or whatever it is, you know, those guys might see some dwindling playing time. And we might be surprised to see that Tyler Zeller gets good minutes when he was kind of signed on as just a backup option.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's kind of what I, I'm looking at is, um, you know, aside from, from seeing the conditioning of the players and their feel and everything, I, I kind of want to see what, what Pop's going to do with the rotation and kind of see if, if he experiments with adding Tyler Zeller, because there's I think there's going to be for sure some games where you're going to need Zeller because they're going to play in their in their real games, the eight seeding games. They're going to play some teams with pretty credible centers, you know, guys like uh, Nicole Jokic with Denver, uh, Joel Embiid with the Sixers. Um, so so there, there's a number of centers that they're going to play in, in their real games that I am interested in seeing, um, you know, if Pop actually puts Zeller in there, even though he's such a new signing, especially with the, with the loss of LaMarcus Aldridge. So, yeah, that'll be something to watch is, again, just kind of watching uh, who's getting minutes. I want to see also if, like, Keldon Johnson continues to get him – to, to, can, continues to get minutes. He was getting a bunch of minutes right before um, the season was suspended, so maybe they, they, they really liked, liked what they saw in him right before the shutdown, so maybe they'll actually continue to put him um, in different lineups. So yeah, so that's kind of what's going on with the, sc- the scrimmage schedule that's announced. I'm still waiting to see, I, I know people have asked me this on Twitter, if these games will be televised or, or at least be able to stream online. As far as the scrimmage games goes, I'm not 100% sure yet. I know that all of the um, real games, the, the eight seating games, those will be able to be um, televised and streamed Um, um, by the the local broadcast partners for for the Spurs. This is is probably going to be Fox Sports Southwest. But again, as far as the scrimmages go, I haven't seen anything in concrete yet if we'll actually be able to watch these games, these uh, three scrimmage games. So we'll obviously wait and see. All right, so Ben, our next topic is uh, the virtual player interviews. Um, So again, like like I said, the Spurs players, uh, several of them have been speaking with the media over the last two weeks. And, you know, it, it's it, – it's, it's, there's not a lot of you know, key information in here just because, again, it, it, the games haven't been played. They, these guys haven't been able to practice with each other. It's all, it's all been um, by themselves. So it's hard to really pick out any kind of specific quotes of, like, breaking news or anything specific. But what I've done is I've kind of taken some quotes or some information that, that has come out from the players and, and we, can, we can kind of just discuss some of the things that I thought were takeaways, I would say, from their interviews. So I think the biggest news out of all the players that have participated in these interviews was Patty Mills. Um, he announced yesterday in his press conference uh, – on Wednesday that, that not only is he going to Orlando to participate with the Spurs, but he's actually going to take his whole salary that he earns there, which is, which is North of $1 million. And he's going to be donating, donating that money to three social justice groups in, in his home, in his um, home country of Australia. Uh, there's three different groups that, and, and again, I've written all these interviews on projectspurs.com. So if you want all the details it's on there. So, um, Again, um, and then not only Patty, but most players in their interviews, you know, because of the situation with the George Floyd protests and all those different things that have taken place in our in our nation, uh, several of the players spoke about uh, social justice. So did you want to comment on, on the Patty Mills um, interview? Yeah, I think it was great. If, I think that
1: was a great move on his part. Um, makes complete sense. Really happy that he's doing it. That's the kind of stuff that endears you to fans, that endears you to your community. And he, he's one of those consummate Pro, consummate pros constant consummate pros constant spurs guy you know he's where, wherever he ends up wherever his career finishes people are always going to think of him as a spur as a guy who did a lot for the community who was an activist a philanthropist so i think you know it's just a no-brainer for him and, and you know in the big scheme of things that money isn't a whole whole lot for him granted it's you know, it 's a good amount' it 's still part of his salary. He, you know he could have been using that money to pay for whatever he might have been paying for, but to put that to the to the UC is is phenomenal, and you have to applaud him for that
0: yeah, for sure, so yeah, that was really um, you know remarkable to see from Patty uh, in, in those comments yesterday. Um, another player who spoke about two weeks ago was Demarta Rosen. Um, one takeaway take I took away from his interview was that he said that um, his quote was, "I never think about the next year when we asked him if um, on, on whether to go and play in Orlando." factored into his decision considering that he could be a free agent this year. So again, just to recap, uh, he has about a $27 million player option coming up once the season ends um, uh, in, in, in mid-October that he has to decide on. So again, so so uh, he could become a free agent or he could just uh, exercise that option and stay uh, with the Spurs for next season at that salary. And then of course, you know, we can see if, if they look to trade him or, or different things like that. Uh, so what do you think about DeRozan um, uh, and just his situation right now?
1: I find it hard to believe that he's not, he hasn't considered next year at all one way or another. I find that incredibly hard to believe guys are always, there are always guys figuring out, okay, how can I get out of this contract or how can I get traded? Or, you know, how long do I have to wait until I'm a free agent? I find it hard to believe that he hasn't thought about that at all. So I'm not sure I would take that with a grain of salt. I'm sure he's just saying that because he wants to appease some people, especially because a lot of people are assuming he's going to, uh, he might opt out, but that that was really before the pandemic hit, and I think since that hit and since the NBA has taken salary cap hits, he might opt back in and take his salary and then be on his way, which is fine because the Spurs were basically planning on freeing up a bunch of cap space next summer anyway.
0: I agree with you there, and um, you know I I just look at what Andre Drummond did. he's basically, before this decision even has to be made for him, he's already said I'm I'm opting in. You know, it it makes for for him, for any player with a player option that's you know north of 20 million, like DeRozan and and Drummond, it makes sense right now to to just opt in because you're probably not going to get that money as a free agent, no matter how good your stats are or what kind of season you had. Because again, this this climate that they're coming into for next season, the the salary cap year, it's gonna be it's gonna be very limited. Teams aren't gonna have a lot of money to give out. Uh, Even teams with max cap cap space, their their projections are gonna be lower than. Than, than, um, than they thought so I think that even even for DeRozan I think it's an easy you know just decision to to say yes as far as financially go and play in Orlando because even if you know something happens and he gets hurt uh he's still going to be okay because he can opt into it it's his choice basically to make this decision to come uh to, to opt in and continue playing with the Spurs for next year uh so yeah I agree with you there maybe that, that comment was a little bit more just you know uh, not, not really telling all the truth there uh, Yaka Pertle had, had some, some interesting news. Um, he, 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 um, he confirmed that uh, he's, he's okay to play now. He's healthy. Uh, he said, I feel great. My knee is fine. So if you remember right before the shutdown, Perto was basically out almost, we, we didn't know how long, but it pretty much looked like maybe the rest of the season uh, with the knee issue. Well, now he says after all these, you know, months of, of being able to rehab and get, get back to hundred percent health, he's ready to go. Uh, so I guess my, my question for you is, um, you know, how big of an opportunity is this for him? Uh, to really show what he can do in these eight games, because again, he's a restricted free agent this coming summer. He can really almost like you know boost himself, uh, boost his his profile.
1: Yeah, these next eight games are are huge for Jakob Perl and possibly more if the Spurs make the playoffs. But for him, it's absolutely going to be able to say, "Listen, I did, I, I played this," and he was playing really well before the season ended, too, which mm-hmm. helps his case. In that regard, he, he can go back and he can listen. When the market all Aldridge wasn't playing, I was able to do all of these things. I filled in admirably. I did exactly what I was supposed to do with, with extended minutes. You know, he's basically only playing 20 or 21 minutes this season. And, you know, he's going to get, he should get a lot more minutes than that in these eight games. So if he can be just as efficient and, and up, up his numbers, then, he's going to be able to command a lot more money on the free agency market. And granted, you know, he's he's a restricted free agent. So if the Spurs want to keep him, they have to match a contract. Or they have to match an offer, rather. So, you know, if you're a Spurs fan, you kind of hope, yeah, I want to see Pardo play well, but I also don't want to see him play so well that teams are offering him stupid amounts of money. And, and you don't want to, because you don't want the Spurs to get tempted to match it. So yeah. it's, it's kind of a, a two, two blades there. You've know, you got a two-sided coin, and it's a very thin line between what you want to see out of Pirtle, which kind of sucks because you know, if you're a Spurs fan, you want to say, yeah, I want to see the best out of every player every night or you know, over the course of a season, but at the same time, like I want to keep Pirtle in San
0: Antonio for cheap. Yeah, for sure, and I agree with you there. I I think that it's going to be a preview of what this what what his role could be in the future once Lamar, you know, once the team is without Lamarcus Aldridge long term, because obviously Aldridge is getting older. Um, even though he's on Aldridge is on contract for next year, you know, if the team decides this summer to go in a, in a re, re um you know a youth movement, well then maybe they even look at, at moving somebody like Aldridge or Rudy Gay or or, or DeRozan, some of the veterans. So, so in a way, Pirtle's getting you know, this could be you know if he signs a, a deal, it's probably going to be four years uh, with the Spurs or even even another team. So I think that that's something to watch is that. You know, this could be your, your, your center of the future and giving extended minutes a bigger role without auditors there these next eight games, especially against some really good centers. Like I mentioned, Jokic, uh, Joel Embiid. He's going to really get a, get a chance here to show what, what he can do um, with, with the more prominent role and more minutes. So I, I think that's something to watch. Um, I, I think that because of the pandemic and the, like I mentioned earlier, the, the salary situation this upcoming offseason, I think he's going to be safe as far as staying with the Spurs if they want to keep him um, where maybe just a little bit north of the MLE, the mid-level exception amount. Or or maybe just, you know, right there at that amount just because I think that, that the um the market's going to be very, very depressed uh, in terms of, I mean, constraining it for, for teams that are going to be able to offer money. But again, Pirtle should be there. Uh, he'll be, he'll be healthy, ready to go for these eight games. Uh, another t- takeaway I took for, was from Derek White's interview. He said, um, it's going to feel like a pickup game. Everybody will uh, get used to it as far as playing without fans. So Ben, I know that you and I like to play pickleball, you know, you know where, where we are. Uh, obviously I haven't played since the pandemic started, but you know, that's yeah. kind of what I take away from this. It's, it's going to be like, if you just go to a rec league and you just watch, you know, people are playing, playing pickup ball, that's kind of, kind of be with, this environment's like do you you agree with that it's definitely gonna have a pickup feel there's there's not going to be
1: fans just cheering you on all the time and really what I hope for is that we can mic up some players or that you know the mics catch them more often than not and we catch all this all the trash talking and (laughs) and and all the other kinds of talking going on because frankly that's for me that's one of the more fun parts about pickup basketball anyway if you're not going to have if you're not going to have a crowd to feed off of when you're watching a game, you might as well get into something else. And, you know, if you can get into the trash talk, that'd be great. Cause you already know with Joel Embiid there, there's going to be Twitter trash talk. So, you know, we're going to be to keep track of all the social media trash talking, but you know, I'm here for real life trash talking. Who's going to, who's going to say it and who's going to do it on the court.
0: I want to get your opinion on this. This is something that I I was on, on, I was on an um, an Oklahoma city thunder podcast uh, recently last week. They they asked me to come on and talk about Spurs. And um, one thing that I, I noted was that, you know, just be, it's going to feel different without fans. And I think that, in a way this might benefit the Spurs because they don't play your, your modern NBA style of, you know, driving kicks, shoot a lot of threes kind of stuff. They play more like that mid range. Um, you know, well, even though our audit isn't there, they used to post up a lot more, more of that half court style basketball. Do you think that since those teams that like to play off the crowd's energy, they're not going to have that, that this may may end up benefiting the Spurs a little bit who are a team who plays more half court type basketball? I think it definitely could. You're, you're just
1: gonna, you're only going to have bench reactions really. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I think it could it could it could definitely benefit the Spurs especially cuz the the fans this year have let's be honest they have not been showing up in the numbers that you want to see them show up in just because the Spurs happen to have not a great year. Yeah. And I'm not going to call anybody out because the Spurs are having a mediocre if not bad year but you know after 22 years of making the playoffs and you have five rings you know, this was bound to happen. Just be glad you're not the Cleveland Cavaliers or the Minnesota Timberwolves who can't ever seem to figure things out unless they have some sort of superstar. And if in the in Minnesota's case, even when you do have superstars, you still can't figure it out. So, you know, there, there are worse things to happen. And I think that the, the Spurs, unfortunately, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, will be used to, you know, kind of quieter gyps.
0: Okay, uh, the next player who, who kind of made some, some news that, that this was kind of not, not known at the time was uh, Tyler Zeller. He actually said that in his interview that um he's actually going to be on the training camp for next season. So 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 again he has a, a uh, the contract details haven't quite come out just yet for his two year deal that he signed with the Spurs, but it looks like next year will be a non guaranteed year. So he did kind of just tell us that you know I'm already expected to be on the training camp roster for next season. So basically Zeller's shot will be. These coming eight games, plus um you know training camp next year, and the preseason games next year, whenever those take place, which it looks like mid november is when that's supposed to happen, uh, and then the regular season starts in December first, it looks like right now uh so what do you think about zeller you know not only just having uh, having a longer shot at making this this team for next year It's okay
1: i mean i wouldn't I wouldn't really expect him to make the team unless the spurs just drastically make a few drastic moves I mean they just they i guess I guess he might. Find his way on the team if they don't resign sign Metu. If uh, kind of if other guys fall off the map, I would say there's a shot for Zeller. But I think they kind of did it to him, did it for him as a courtesy, and kind of said, "Hey, you're helping us out in a tight spot. You know, you're a, you're a body that we're going to need. You should get some minutes. You know, kind of earn some minutes, and you'll get a training camp invite. You get a training camp invite from us. Try to earn some minutes there, and we'll see what happens." You know, kind of just kind of throwing him a bone, I think.
0: Yeah, so I, I kind of agree with you there. I mean, obviously, the benefit is that if he actually does play really well in in Orlando and he's and he, he ends up having a really good um, eight games, well, then you know that's a player that you can have on your roster for next year, and you already have all. The, if you're the Spurs, you have all the control because you can just um, choose not to to guarantee to not not guarantee him like like, like his his option will say there. So yeah, that, that'll that'll be for um, for Zeller. Uh, Rudy Gay had a comment, um, and also it, it kind of echoed one of Trey Lyle's comments. Um, Rudy Gay said as far as, like, motivation and, and be prepared for these eight games to try to make the playoffs, he said, when you tell us there's eight games to play, you just give it your all. Um, Trey Lyle did it say as well that um, he doesn't want to be on the team that ends the 22-year um, play-year playoff streak that you mentioned, Ben. Um, so, I mean, do you – I mean, we're going to get into this in our last topic, but do you even think that, that you know, as much as the players are saying, you know, they want to get to the playoffs, do you think it's really uh, – you know, they have a really good shot here? They they don't have a great shot. The Spurs really.
1: I don't think they're in control of their own destiny. They would have mm. to basically win seven or eight of these games, and then hope that other people lose other games. Yep. If they want a shot at it, and you know, crazier things have happened. I mean, eight seeds have gotten to the finals, so there. Are, you know, really, there are crazier things that have happened. But it's, it's to me, you know, those are things you want to hear. Those are things the players should say. And it kind of sucks for Trey Lyles because I actually thought Trey Lyles was having a nice year. That was kind of a guy the Spurs picked up at the last minute after the Morris trade fell through and they got rid of – or the Morris signing fell through and they got rid of Bertans, even though they didn't really want to. And he kind of came in. He knew his role. He played his role really well. And I think he has room to grow still with this organization going into next year. Uh, He's going to get paid five and a half mil next year. And I, I believe the dates have changed because the season changed, but originally he, he was – I think his contract was fully guaranteed for next year if he was still on the roster by June 30th, but I'm pretty sure that date was pushed back because the season was pushed back. So that, that date's later this year, I believe.
0: Yeah, so so you're actually going right right into our, um, so one of the Trey Lyles comments that I want to talk about was that you're you're right. So because of the um you know everything they had to move all the dates, so so the Spurs now have until October 18th to decide okay. whether or not they want to guarantee his five and a half million dollar deal for next season. So so he's he's expected to get paid $5.5 mil for next season, like I mentioned, as long as they keep him on the team past um, October 18th. Now Lyles actually said in his interview. Um, he said, hopefully I have basically made an impression for, for the Spurs so far through through his body of work this year. He said, I enjoy my teammates, the coaches, the fans. It's everything I thought it would be as far as playing for the Spurs organization. So do you think that, you know, even if he struggles in these eight games, do you think that he's done enough already for, for the Spurs to make that easy decision of just guaranteeing his contract for next year? Yes, I think so. If right. if, if I'm in the Spurs front office, I say,
1: we like Trey, Trey Lyles. He's still young. He's shown that he can be a good player for us. Frankly, he's cheap. And, you know, even if we keep his, his contract on our books this year, it's not going to kill us. You know, this isn't the year, this isn't the off season we were going to try to make moves anyway. So really it's, you know, by keeping him on, you don't really hurt yourselves. You, you're helping out a guy who I, I genuinely think deserves another shot with this organization next season. And frankly, deserves more minutes. I think I think there were times this past season where his minutes fluctuated from game to game, week to week, and it it drove me nuts because he would he would have a great game. He'd have, you know, twenty-point outburst. And then the next game he plays five to ten minutes and you're wondering, well, what happened? And you don't really know why. And and that's part of a bigger issue that the Spurs have had this year with rotations and and minutes management and things like that. But so that's not really on Trey Lyles, if you were to ask me. But uh, I think these these eight games with the added microscope that guys are going to be under, Trey Lyles can make an even greater impression.
0: Yeah, and I think that um, something to, to to watch too is that he was actually every time Auders because you know Auders did have to miss some time this this past year earlier in the year certain games, and every time Aldridge is out, Lyle's had some pretty good games, uh, especially scoring-wise, he would increase his scoring, because he got more opportunities, obviously, and his role increased, and he said he looks forward to that as far as, like, you know, these eight games is, is having a bigger opportunity, a bigger role. I think, too, is that the fact that, like, he really, I mean, he must have done something this year to, to impress Pop, because you know, Pop has basically made him the starting four this entire year, and so uh, he's done a lot to, to, to and, you know, he's not, he's not a, like we mentioned, he, his three-point shooting got a lot better this year than it had been in, in, with his other teams in the past, uh, but I think defensively, Pop saw something there that he really likes as far as Lyle and the versatility he brings to the team so i think that's an easy choice like you that they're going to just guarantee his his deal for next year and keep him on the team especially at, the, at that salary five and a half million dollars you know it's you wouldn't get a player at his production at that, at that amount in, in this coming um, off season all right ben that's the nice. last two the last topic is um a little bit of one that i added late last night um I was just kind of I was just kind of bored and kind of just I hadn't checked the I know that other teams have I mean other media people have, have put um, the Vegas projections for the for this restart online and so I finally got curious and I was like you know let me look at some of the Spurs projections so I finally did that uh, and and I was I was I was um you know I just want to kind of get your your, your take on some of these so betonline.ag um they they they're giving the Spurs an over under of three wins in this restart um you know out of their eight games so basically three three wins um, however they don't honestly think that they're going to win three games because when you when you actually bet money that you're actually expected to lose money on both bets that you make over or under now wow. yeah, it's bad for the Spurs so basically they're, they're expecting less than three um don't uh, bet on the
1: Spurs. Great, great, yes,
0: great is what Vegas is saying. That that's how that's how much they don't think it's going to be you know go well for them. However, Spurs fans are a little bit more optimistic, and this is something Mike and I talked about last week. So I put out a new Twitter poll just yesterday uh, on, on my Twitter feed, and um, you know majority of followers are Spurs fans. So fifty-five percent of them say that they think the Spurs win more than three games. Twenty-five percent say they're going to win exactly three games, and then twenty-one percent think it's going to be less than three wins. Where do you uh, fall in as far as where where you're thinking the Spurs? Yeah, how many wins they get in this restart? Man,
1: you know it's funny because three wins doesn't sound like that many, but it's in eight games. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm 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 really leaning towards exactly three wins. Oh, okay, okay. Um, maybe four. I mean, I could see them winning half their games, but I think. They, they play a couple teams twice, or don't they play four teams twice? Is that
0: how so, it's working? Yeah, I'll read you the schedule. I'll read, I am mean, even for sports okay. guesses, I'll give the schedule real quick. So they have Sacramento, Memphis, Philadelphia, Denver, Utah, New Orleans, Houston, Utah again. So, yeah, Utah, they play twice. Okay, Utah's twice. So I will say there is a benefit, though. There's
1: no travel.
0: Mm-hmm
1: which which could be good for the older Spurs, they don't have to they're they're not worried about getting treatment, getting on a plane, going to the next game, and worrying about minutes as much, so that could be good. I think that might help the youth as well if if the Spurs play a lot of their youth, younger guys, if they play a lot more Murray white Lyles Pirtle, uh if Keldon Johnson gets some minutes, I think that would benefit them um. But, yeah, I mean, three, maybe four wins. It's, it's tough. Eight, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of pressure, you know, for, for some of these guys. You know, like Trey Lyle said, you don't want to be the team that missed the playoffs after 22 straight. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's tough. But at some point, that, you know, that team has to come along. And, you know, the streak has to be broken so that you can start a new streak. And, you know, even, even if they get back next year, you say, okay, it's still twenty-three of twenty-four seasons. I mean, no one's no one's going to take a look at that one season and be like, "Oh, those guys are terrible. I can't believe they did that."
0: You know, it's going to be like, okay, it was a blip year. Yeah. So, so you think about three or four wins is what you're you're probably guessing right now.
1: Yes, that's where I'm at.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm going to stick with what I told Mike last week. I think I'm going to go with two. I'd feel more, you know, if Aldridge was there, I'd say three as well, but because Aldridge is out, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go ahead and say two for now, but we'll, we'll see what happens obviously. Um, you know, also these Vegas projections, they kind of, um, kind of uh, correlate with what the math projections were saying. You know, last week I read some of the math um, wind projections and they had basically said the Spurs would basically finish where they're starting right now, where they'd be ahead of Phoenix in the, at the end, um, but behind uh, Sacramento. So, so they'd basically be 12th in the standing. So I think that's, and that's actually where Vegas is, is saying they're going to be as far as the eighth seed, um, worst to best. Um, and then one random note that I kind of just want to talk about real quick is because we, we addressed it last week. Uh, we had, Mike and I had discussed how um, Will Hardy had been interviewed by the Knicks um, you know, for their head coaching job, even though we thought he was a long shot. Well, there's actually odds on the, on the Knicks head coaching job, it turns out, and I didn't know this. So Will, Hart, Will Hardy actually has the fifth best odds at plus 1,000 uh, to be the Knicks head coach. And Becky Hammond is actually in there, too, even though she hasn't been interviewed or, or her name hasn't been, been rumored uh, for, for the Knicks job. She is actually one of the long-shot candidates. Uh, she's, she has the 12th best, best odds at uh, plus 3,000. Um, so, I mean, did you want to give it any take there? It was just kind of giving the fans some updated information. There's
1: no, – neither of the Spurs' potential coaches will become the Knicks coach. They're – I just I, – I mean – I get wanting to become a head coach very badly, but I also think they're too smart to go to that situation in New York. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the the Knicks front office and ownership is just a mess. There's no way around it. Frankly, I I actually happen to think that Kenny Atkinson might be a good fit because I I still don't understand how the Nets fired him considering he basically did the best he could with what he was given and with all the injuries this year. So I I thought he did a really good job. So for them to fire him was shocking. And I think, you know, if he really wanted to stick it to people, he could say, well, I'm going to take over the Kings and we're going to go win games now and get in the playoffs. Look at the terrible mistake you made, Brooklyn. I hate you.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, you know, that that was probably more due to KD and and Kyrie, like the reporting says. But, yeah, you're right. Kenny was doing a really good job. He had them basically in a playoff position uh, from where, from when he was a coach, especially with all the injuries they've dealt with. Um, so, uh, so just some quick plugs before we, we end this episode, Ben, um, you had a prospect to watch last week on, on a player named Elijah Hughes from Sacram- from Syracuse, should I say? Uh, can you give us just a little bit of information about him? Absolutely. So Elijah Hughes, two
1: fifteen I think kind of rangy guard, your, your classic long lanky wing, um, You're not really sure what he can do on defense because in Syracuse they play that 2-3 zone, so he doesn't – you know, he never – they basically never play man-to-man, but, you know, he he accumulated almost a block a game playing on the back line for Jim behind zone defense, so, you know, he was was pretty good in that regard. He also led the ACC in points per game at 19, uh, steal a game, three-and-a-half assists per game, four-and-a-half rebounds a game. Um, can can be a little streaky, but when he's when he's hot, the dude is absolute fire. Uh, he he could be a potential flamethrower, microwave guy off the bench, um, but I, I would use a second round pick on him. I, he's definitely not, you know, a lottery pick for the Spurs. This is this is definitely a second round guy you're you're looking at.
0: Okay, so, so you're projecting about a second-round pick is what, what it looks like. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's something I, I just wanted to, to make sure to mention again is that, you know, the Spurs, as long as they don't make the playoffs, which Ben and I basically th- agreed that they're probably not going to make the playoffs, they're going to basically keep that 11th that pick – that lottery pick until the row lottery gets here in, in late August when the, when the actual odds are and when the actual um, lottery is held. So, so yeah, they're looking at having a, 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 a lottery pick for the first time in a, in a long time uh, if they don't make the playoffs. Um, so some other pieces to, to check out on projectspurs.com um, uh, Rob Trejo jr. Has another film room. Um, you know, he's done these, these videos. They're really good. Uh, it's called Spurs, rookies, um, Keldon Johnson and Lucas Samanich versus Brooklyn. So again, Rob's just taking a look at some, some of the, some of the, 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 the film um, on, on these young players for the Spurs uh, before the, you know, in the future, they start getting um, more minutes in a, in a more prominent role. And then also our, our newest writer, Josh Paredes, uh, he has a new piece called um, Ranking Every International Spur Ever, 41 to 31. So Josh is basically um, putting out some weekly pieces of basically looking at some of the best – I mean, some of the – basically ranking all the Spurs international players. So he's basically gone from 41 to 31 uh, last week, and then he'll have, he'll have a new one up um, probably this week. Um, okay, so thanks again to, to Ben for joining me here on the Spurs cast. Thanks also to Michael DeLeon for pro- producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day.